Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. If you would like more information about First Baptist Church of Silva, please visit firstbaptistsilva.com. So just so that we're clear, God is the farmer in the story that Jesus just told. He is the sower of seeds. The seed is the word of God. That is the good news about Jesus, about how much God loves us, that he sent his son Jesus to tell us the truth about God, the truth about ourselves, and the truth about an all-powerful, eternally redemptive love. Now, the seed is small, but once it germinates, it can produce a massive yield. But, as the farmer scatters the seeds, the seeds fall in a variety of places. I don't know. The soils, I suppose, could have been on the other side of a big field. Or perhaps down by the creek side. Or, or even on the, the dirt path that serves as the road into town. One can make the case that the farmer is throwing the seeds out carelessly at worst or lavishly at best. I mean, think about it. Does the farmer really have that many seeds to just scatter so indiscriminately? Here's the point of the story. It's not about the seed. It's about the soil. The power and potency of God's word is not the issue. But not every seed that is planted will make it. It's the soil that makes the difference. It's the setting. It's the neighborhood. It's the climate that the seeds find themselves in. In his story, Jesus gives us four examples of the seed landing in certain kinds of soil. And in three of them, he describes how the seeds will not bear fruit. Which, of course, is helpful to those of us who are in the seed scattering business because there's a lot of failure in our work. Just as it is in farming, Our work to get the word out is not a sure bet. It sounds a little bit like a baseball statistic. Three out of the four conditions that Jesus described are failures. Three out of four. The farmer is batting 250, which baseball fans know is not terrible. It's not even half bad, but it's not going to get you into the Hall of Fame. Here's what happens to the seed. First, we learn that some of the seed falls upon the path and the birds eat it up. The ground on the path is hard. Just as any of us know when we go out to scatter grass seed that if it falls on hard packed dirt, it's just going to wash off when it rains or be a feast for the birds. Jesus knew that. Good farmers know this. Jesus reports that that. When anyone hears the word of God, the the word of the kingdom, and does not understand it, 
The evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. That is what is sown on the path. Notice the emphasis on understanding. When anyone hears the word and does not understand it, if we don't understand it, it will not take root. Think back to your childhood, your youth, your young adulthood, when your family moved to Silva. You knew how important it was to be in Bible study, in training union, coming on Wednesday nights, showing up early for Sunday school. Why? Because we placed a premium on understanding Scripture. I'm proud of my seminary education, but it exposed some differences among us. Different traditions encountered God's word differently. But it was not a good secret to know that if you were studying for an Old Testament or a New Testament exam, you talked to the Baptists because we knew God's word. Jesus tells us if, if we don't understand the word, it won't take root Church leaders and churches, y'all, we are in the understanding God's word business. And it's also interesting to see the role of one that snatches the seed. Did you see it? Did you hear it? The evil one, if it's exposed, will come and snatch it away. This is an important lesson for us. That is, that God's best intention in this world is frequently thwarted. It was not God's will that some of the seed does not bear fruit. That was not God's intention. God's intention was that it would find root, be understood, and bear fruit. But he acknowledges sometimes that which God intends is thwarted by the evil one. Next up, other seed that fell along the rocky ground. Jesus reports that other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. And they sprang up quickly since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. The seeds in this condition don't have much to work with. It'll spring up quickly, but it doesn't last long when confronted with hardship. Jesus says that, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, nothing to hold it fast. So when they hear the word and they receive it with joy, they don't have root, but they endure only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the world, that person immediately falls away. The new seedlings have no root. They have no sense of resiliency. It reminds me of people who've made a profession of faith that absolutely, without question, acknowledge the truthfulness of who Jesus is and who God is and who they are. But if they do not become committed disciples of Jesus, they will not last long. Which again echoes our theme for the year that we must go beyond belief. We must make disciples. For discipleship is the process of growing a root system. Much like the sequoias out west. These massive trees that you know don't have deep root systems. How do they stay up? 
When those Pacific winds start to blow, the root systems become intertwined. They find their strength in being connected one to the other. That's what we're trying to do here, brothers and sisters. To find a root system to one another that will make us and keep us strong because hard times will reveal the truth. The word apocalyptic comes to mind. It's a Greek word. Apocalypse means revealing. It's oftentimes acknowledged to be something to do with the end of our world as we know it. And in that moment, there will be a great revelation, a great revealing of the truth and what is to come. Hardships, they tell the truth about us. They tell the truth about your spouse and your children, your coworkers and friends. When hard times come, when the rain beats hard on our homes, it's not if the storm comes, it's not if the cancer diagnosis arrives, it's not when you lose your job, These things, these hardships in this world are certainties. It's not if, it's when. Other seed falls among the thorns. Jesus explains that this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word and it yields nothing. If you're wondering why your life isn't bearing fruit, this may be the reason. The the thorns are the cares of the world and the lures of wealth. I'll say it again. The cares of the world and the lure of wealth. Stop me if I don't hear Western civilization in this. The cares of the world, the things that haunt us, that tempt us, the lure of wealth. Jesus gets specific here. He's talking about our pocketbooks. He's talking about our checkbooks. He's talking about our credit card reports. The lure of wealth. These things choke out good news. Like the thorns and the weeds, they steal nutrients. They hoard the sunlight and the rain and the moisture. There's no room for God's word to grow. These other things, they grow incredibly fast. They take hold of us and they they suck out the lifeblood of us. But finally, we've arrived and hit pay dirt, literally. As for what was sown on good soil, Jesus says, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, but indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another 60, and in another 30. The good soil is described as a setting where the word is heard and understood. Good soil is where God's word is heard and understood. It's not enough just to hear it. It must be digested. We must chew on it. We must investigate. We must explore. We must use our minds. Jesus, of course, as Lagos, as John tells us, is the revelation. Jesus is the explanation of God. 
When he talks about the word of God being the seed, he's talking about Christ Jesus. The word is logos. It is not enough just to see it. It must be understood. It must be engaged at a deeper level than just the ascent that Jesus is the Son of God. Four soils and a lot of scattered seed. In my life, I have been all of these types of soil. I've experienced a season of being hard-hearted when nothing from God sticks. Stubborn. Stuck. Defiant. I've had a season of rockiness in my life where I have no resiliency, where I am weak, prone to distraction, and have no threshold for any kind of anxiety or discomfort. Likewise, I've had a season of weeds with competing desires, putting other things first, And I've experienced a season where the seeds have borne fruit because I was able to hear and understand God's word and God's call. So it's a good thing that these periods of time in my life were seasons and not lifetimes. And that the sower of seeds does so frequently and not just once. God is the sower of seeds. And it turns out that God isn't stingy. He tosses seeds freely beyond borders and boundaries. But God is realistic and wise. Sadly, God knows and appreciates that some of the seed that he sows will not bear fruit. But it doesn't stop him from sowing seeds each spring. God is not a one-time farmer. He's in this for the long haul, y'all. God is hopeful that when you turn the corner, when the moon goes into a different phase, when we cycle through frost and rain and snow, that there's a chance that God's word will find root again. God, the good farmer, is not only wise, God is hopeful. He keeps sowing seeds. God is in the growing business. You cannot read the Hebrew scriptures in the New Testament without seeing God's resiliency. He's still out there, walking the path, sowing the seeds. We've given him all kinds of reasons not to, to give up. But he won't. You can't stop him. Our God is resilient, wise, thoughtful, and scattering seed this way and that. God sows seeds every growing season. And y'all, if we find that our soil and our soul are hard and inhospitable to God's word, do not fret. 
the wise farmer will continue to sow his seeds. Some of you are certainly disturbed by the careless way I scattered seed at the beginning of our time together. It's true. I made a mess. So naturally, you may be irritated that I scattered seed haphazardly and liberally. But I'll tell you this. I thank God that God scatters seeds haphazardly and liberally. Because I might not have heard the word if he hadn't scattered seeds so broadly. Besides, I'm curious to see if anything will take root in these pews. <laughs> By the looks of it, I like our chances. Let us pray. God, the good farmer, please keep sowing seed. It's true, God. Sometimes it finds itself on rocky hearts, hardened, stubborn souls that your good word finds itself in cluttered to-do lists and jam-packed calendars and that we lose focus and our good intentions flame out. God, send the rain and the warmth and the light so that your good word, Christ Jesus, takes root, that it germinates, that it grows and produces good fruit. We also acknowledge, God, that this is not a one-off story for Jesus, that he's frequently talking about that which was planted not doing well. And we know that you use dramatic language to talk about chopping those things down that don't bear fruit of you cursing trees that don't bear figs. But we also remember the story, God, of you coming along and saying, no, 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 don't chop it down. Let's spread some good nutrients around it, some manure, because we know that we can change the soil. And if the soil changes, we stand a chance. Change our soil, God and allow us to be the beneficiaries of the good grace that you show to us as you scatter your good word amongst us. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray these things. Amen.